dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Hello, and welcome to the, I don't know what second, what are we putting this episode out? <laughs> um, um, we'll see, right now I just have a question mark, because we have some you know, other interviews and stuff yeah. that we've got to put in. So, welcome to the episode of Dropping the Hammer that you're listening to right now. Um, I'm Dan McFadden, and with me is my good buddy, uh, James Crow. The NASCAR season is underway. We are recording this uh, Tuesday night, and the Bush Clash finished roughly 30 minutes ago, and it was an in- a really, really, really good start to the 2021 season. A, a non-points exhibition race, won by, um, uh, at the last minute, Kyle Bush, after good friends Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott got into each other in the final turn, wrecking Blaney and allowing Bush to sneak by on the front stretch coming to the finish line and to win the race. Uh, three three years ago in 2018 at the first uh, race on the Charlotte Roval, uh, coming down to the finish line, Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> were fighting for, for the win. Uh, Jimmy Johnson got loose, spun, and then did, did a pirouette and then backed into Martin Truex Jr. and wrecked him. And guess who came in from third place to steal the win? I'm guessing a Bush brother. No, no, Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney, all right. So I should send that finish to you so you know what I'm talking about because it was an incredible finish. So, and in his post-race media availability uh, a couple of minutes ago, Blaney said it, it is ironic that he's the, he, um, that he's the one who basically gave up that win to Kyle Bush like he did. Um, Chase Elliott said, uh, if, if I'm uh, going to be sorry about trying to win, I'm in the wrong business. So... Chase Elliott was not making any apologi- apologies for his move on Ryan Blaney going to that final turn. So, uh, Crow, this was the um, first time you watched the race since when? Um, I watched some of the races last year. Okay. Um, but this is the first time I've actually sat down and watched an entire race, and I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Even when I watched some races last year, they were all, like, I you know, watched bits and pieces. But I actually, you know, like I said, sat down, watched the whole thing. Um, and it was definitely, it was really good. I, I, I've always been a fan of the road course races, um, not just in NASCAR, but in other, other series too. I think I'm, I'm really excited to see more road courses for sure in NASCAR. Oh, you're getting and, them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something that I've been always said is that I really, I wish there was more road courses in NASCAR and I guess we're, we're going to get that. It, it was weird because there were so many very like rookie mistakes oh, yeah. almost in yeah. the race which i think is you know attributable because like they said they said on the broadcast you know there's no practice mm-hmm. no, nothing and so that's a you know if, lots it, of it, if, basic mistakes if covid were if covid weren't a factor they would have had been having practice and all that stuff that's one of the things there's only going to be a select few races this year where there is going to be practice qualifying and even before all this there would have been at least one practice session for the clash but i i i commented on twitter before this um during the race, like uh, nothing makes the the rest more obvious than a road course, and I love it um, because we would not have seen as many mistakes like this, um, you know, if this was just ran on the traditional oval like it has been since 1979. Yeah. Um, so you you saw guys like Kurt Busch overshooting the first turn multiple times, 
Um, you guys lock it, lock, locking up their brakes, going to get into that first corner, which is a very narrow turn. Like the 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 track right there, the, yeah, the infield of the course is very narrow, and not every road course is like that. So what's um, really crazy is you know Martin Truex Jr. He how many mistakes did he make that put him in the back of the pack, and then he was still you know, made it back to the front until he finally uh, actually wrecked out. <laughs> no, no, Martin Truex Jr. He, he's one of the um, better road course drivers. He's got multiple ro- road course wins, um, and he proved that he. Uh, I think that showed, but I also think he had a good car. But yeah, uh, and then he. I think he got into the dirt a little bit on the the back stretch chicane, and then just whipped it around and hit the back stretch wall pretty hard. Yeah. Like that that was I was not expecting that when I saw the replay with him him hit the wall as hard as he did. The dirt pre- presented an interesting challenge too, like because you know, it just basically covered the after I think two or three laps there was already just dirt all over oh, yeah. that one turn, and uh, I don't think any of the drivers were not cutting corners <laughs> somewhere. Oh no, that you got to do that on our own yeah. road course. Um, you're, they're going, they're going after it. And yeah, that's a byproduct. I was amused that they threw a caution for dirt. Um, that was the first official caution of the, the 2021 season dirt. So, yeah. um, the, the other thing that I found amusing was the, um, who is it? The guy who's sponsored by the window film company. The, uh, I just thought it was funny to see like this window film car, covered in dirt to the point where the driver couldn't see out of the window. Yeah. So, so sometimes sponsors get put in very ironic uh, places. So that would definitely yeah. be one of them. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed the uh, discussion about the, whether or not to use the windshield wiper. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was hilarious because Truex at one point, his windshield was just filthy. Like you, you mentioned, uh, I don't think you're talking about Truex, but it was just clear the light wasn't really reflecting off his front window. It was that dirty. <laughs> so, yeah. but no, I I absolutely loved this race. I hope the Bush Clash never goes back to the oval. Um, I'd gotten tired of just wreck fests each year in a meaningless no points race. Half the field getting wrecked. Last year's Bush Clash was just a joke. That Eric Jones won it. He his car, he pulled his car into the lane and it was just just demolished. And um, I just got tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of, you know, restart after restart after restart at super speedway races. And I hate it because it's probably going to be what we get this weekend at the Daytona 500. So that's why I liked this. You had multiple leaders. You had guys coming and going. You had the, all the rookie mistakes. There's there was just things that were happening. Like you, drivers were, could make a mistake and you're not taking out the field. So, yeah. um, and the, the other thing too is like the, the upside of a road course race is you don't instantly throw a you know yellow flag the second a car spins. No, you know, no. And so it, like we saw that several times where cars spun and then they just sat there until they had an opening to get back on the field. And yeah, then, you know. And what, what, yellow flag. What one difference between NASCAR and other forms of autosports when it comes to road courses? They don't. Have, there's not a section caution. There's a caution in this one area while we clean up a wreck. No, it, it's a full course caution so um but yeah first race is in the book 35 laps tomorrow night is daytona 500 qualifying and that that there will be one uh, daytona one practice session tomorrow uh but yeah you have bush pole qualifying and then um thursday you have the qualifying races the duels then friday you have the truck series race 
then Saturday, the Xfinity Series race, and then Sunday, the big event, the Daytona 500. All right, Daniel. So, we've talked before. I grew up watching NASCAR and have been a very, very passive fan for a long time, but I haven't really sat down and watched... Mm -hmm actual racing for a long time um just bits and pieces but this year like i'm you know, interested you know and it gives me an excuse to get to talk to one of my best friends um but i know there's a lot of there's a lot of new yes um from you know 20 years ago obviously but even you know recently so why don't you kind of give me an idea what's what's going on with nascar you know what's what do I need to know as someone who generally knows about racing and NASCAR, <laughs> but not, you know, not the ins and outs of what's going on right now? Well, it, there's a lot to get to. So what, what's the first thing though that, that you're curious about, like initially? Um, I think the main thing is, the first thing is the, I know that the cars are always changing. I, I think I've heard that there's getting a new car next year. Yeah. But yes. like kind of what's going on with that? They, originally, we were supposed to be getting the next gen car this year. That was supposed to happen. The, the race, the Bush Clash, that was Tuesday night, was supposed to be the last race with the current generation of car. It was just going to be, all right, we're not using these anymore. Just throw them into this road course race and just do what you will with them. But COVID happened. That delayed being able to test the car and all that stuff for, for months. And so they're like, at some point, you know, middle, middle of last year, like, okay, we can't. There's no way we'll be able to develop next-gen car in any reasonable form. So we're going to push it back to 2022. So that's one of the major things. Like this year is going to, we got one more year with the current gen car. And then we get into this next gen car, which is just a complete like revisioning of what the Cup Series has competed with. It's going to be, I think it's supposed to make the car just harder to drive. Though I think I've heard different things from different drivers. Oh, it's easier to drive. It's harder to drive. So next year is going to be huge. It's just going to be a complete from the ground up revisioning of the kind of cars that the NASCAR has been racing for for decades and decades. Yeah, but this year is basically how long have they or about have they been using this car model? Uh I believe this current generation has been used since 14 15 something like that. Um the, there was the car tomorrow which uh was introduced back in the late 2000s and it was basically used up until 2010 2011ish. And I think there was a kind of a transition period, but the current car has been kind of been used for a decade and a half or so. Yeah, I remember, I remember the car of tomorrow, and that, that was kind of around the time I really started just not pay attention to NASCAR <laughs> as much anymore. You're not the only one. Who were the big drivers? Like, like who are the big name thing? Because, you know, I, I stopped paying attention when it was, you know, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, you know. And so... Most of these people I don't even recognize. Like, there's a few people <laughs> that I, you know, I know their names, you know, and I followed them a little bit. But, uh, like, who are the big people now? Well, uh, the defending uh, cup champion is Chase Elliott, who uh, races for Hendrick Motorsports and is just, like, 25 years old. But he's the son of a uh, former cup driver and NASCAR Hall of Famer Bill Elliott, who was also the cup champion in 1988. Yeah, and Chase has been with Hendrick Motorsports um, in the Cup Series since he, you know, took some 
he had a part-time schedule in 2015, which was um, uh, Jeff Gordon's last year. And then he transitioned. He, he took over for Jeff Gordon after he retired in the 24. And after a couple of years doing that, he, he got the name, number changed to the nine. And he's also uh, the two-time defending Cup Series most popular driver, which uh, his dad won that award for countless times from uh, the er early, uh, late 1980s up until he retired in the early 2000s. You got Kyle Busch, who's the only, who following the retirement of Jimmy Johnson after last year, is the only uh, active multi-time uh, Cup champion. He has two. Uh, he last won it in 2018. You got Kevin Harvick, uh, who won a ton of races last year. He's basically one, the old guy on um, the, the circuit right now. He's in his uh, mid-40s. He's the guy who took over for Dale Earnhardt after he died 20 years ago. But now, uh, since 2014, when he, he's been of Stuart Haas racing. Um, you also got Danny Hamlin, um, who's the, basically the winningest cup driver ever not to win uh, a cup title. And who's also now a team co-owner with Michael Michael Jordan at Twenty Three Eleven Racing. Some returning drivers uh, who are big headlines. Kyle Larson is making his uh, hyped up return to the circuit after he was uh, indefinitely suspended by NASCAR back in the spring, following using a racial slur during an iRacing event when he was lost all of his sponsors and was let go by Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, he went through all the all the stuff he needed to do to you know rehabilitate his image to a degree and and then uh, signed with Hendrick Motorsports. He's he screwed up last year in, yeah. in a very yeah. big and public way, but he's back and working to make amends. Yeah, I, I think that from what I've always seen of him, he looks like a Hendrick driver, and I think he'll do really well there. Well, if if um Hendrick has you know history of uh. Employing drivers from dirt backgrounds, most famously Jeff yeah. Gordon, um, yeah, and, yeah, and, exactly. and then Casey Kane, um, but that's eh, and Alex Bowman too now. Um, so re recent history, yeah, he, they have a history of um, hiring guys from dirt. But everyone really thought that that he would wind up at Stewart Haas Racing because of Tony Stewart being such a huge uh, proponent of dirt racing, but it just didn't work out. So, but that, he's now at Hendrick, and I, he, Larson has had a huge year when it comes to dirt racing. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he won everything under the sun. Yeah. Given that he had the time to go dirt racing instead of doing NASCAR, and people are really, really amped for him. Um, but I, dirt racing is not NASCAR. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I don't care how good you are. Um, before he was, you know, excommunicated or whatever last year, like he was average in the Cup Series. Some of that might be attributed to Chip Ganassi Racing not being the best team in NASCAR, but they're not horrible. And it took Larson three years until he won his first race. And then um, his first four wins were all on two mile speedways Michigan, an auto club speedway in Montana. And then it took it took him years to get his first win that on a that wasn't on a two mile track, which was at Richmond the following year, and then he went winless the following year after that. And in twenty nineteen, he it took him until Dover in the playoffs to win. So he only has six cup wins, and it 
he he never lit the world on fire <laughs> before. Yeah. And people are saying, you know, you might get to do that with Hendrick, but Hendrick has never, uh, whether it was when a, just three car team in the '90s or a four car team from the 2000s on up till now, has never been across the board. Everyone's performing great at one time. It's always been there's you usually got two solid guys, um, and then a third guy who's okay, and then the fourth guy is just completely out the lunch. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see if that dynamic holds up and who's going to be who, because I think Chase will probably, if, unless he has some sort of weird championship hangover, probably be pretty comparable to where he was last year. Uh, William Byron's going to have like his third different crew chief in his cup career at Hendrick Motorsports because he, he no longer has Chad Knaus, Um And they only got one win together in two years. Alex Bowman only won once last year at Auto Club. Like my benchmark's gonna be like the Coke six hundred in May at the end of the month. That so to to really see where everyone is. Who are like the the kind of new up and coming drivers that you know to pay attention to? Uh, well, there's only two drivers who are going for rookie of the year rookie of the year this season, and that's uh, Chase Briscoe and Anthony Alfredo. Uh, Chase Briscoe is taking over for Clint Boyer at Stuart Haas Racing number 14, and he kicked butt last year in the Xfinity Series. He really came into his own, so he's a dirt guy like like Tony Stewart. He's only been doing, like, pavement racing for, like, five five years now or so. Um, and Anthony Alfredo, I'm not expecting much from him. He's a, he, he doesn't even have a full, like, season of races on his resume in any series. And for, for, for motorsports, they, they, they've never been more than a mid-pack team. They, they have two... Cup wins. One was at Talladega, and one was a result of a race getting shortened by fog. That, that's the, those are the newcomers in, in, into the Cup Series. Guys who need to be watched out for uh, Tyler Reddick, who's going to be in his second year with Richard Tills Racing. You you might have seen him making some bold moves tonight in the number eight car, yeah. especially right at the beginning. He, I think he might have had someone four wide on the, the initial start, um, but no, yeah, he's he's very good. He came within. Almost winning uh, at Texas last year, but instead Austin Dillon won. So um, really looking forward to seeing what he can do this season. Uh, then you got Cole Custer, who, who was the only rookie to win last year. Christopher Bell, who was very good in the Xfinity Series when he was racing with Joe Gibbs Racing. In the Truck Series when he was with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports. He's now firmly in the Joe, Joe Gibbs camp in the cup after a year with Levine family racing, which is now no longer a team that exists. So um, he's going to have a lot of expectations for him to finally be able to do some stuff this year. So yeah, that's, I think those are some pretty good guys to highlight. Cool. I know one, one trend we've talked about, which is interesting is that we have you know, all these celebrity owners coming in, which is, I think exciting for the potential that it can bring to the sport, you know, as far as like exposure to new audiences and stuff. I think the, the most prominent of which is uh, we talked about Bubba Wallace um, partnering, you know, driving for Michael Jordan of all people, you know. Yeah. Oh, who, who, you know, who really saw that coming? Oh, no. I mean, I mean uh, it's a well-established fact that like Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are they're really close friends, which that's the thing that's never made sense to me is Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. But they're, yeah, they're friends. And um, after everything that happened with Bubba last year with the, the social justice campaign and NASCAR banning the Confederate flag and that, like if, I don't think if NASCAR doesn't ban the Confederate flag, I don't think this happens. So this this is, 
I, I'm 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 on the record. I, I sent out a tweet spring of last year saying Chase, Chase Elliott is the face of NASCAR within the NASCAR bubble. That's a well-established yada yada yada. But the only driver in NASCAR currently who can take NASCAR outside of that bubble and build roads to where NASCAR needs to go is Bubba Wallace. And then through <laughs> unfortunate events last summer that happened. We're at we're we're at where we're at right now. Michael Michael Jordan's now owner of a team. Pitbull's now co-owner of a team. And NASCAR is getting discussed on platforms and areas that it was not in March of last year. I'm 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 not expect I'm not expecting them to to, to knock the doors down <laughs> early. Um, I want to see where they're at by the Coke 600, but they're in top Toyota equipment. This they're not they're not doing this 50%. They're doing it 100%. They got the facilities, they got the tech info, the equipment, personnel, the money, the sponsors. For for a brand new team to come out of the door with McDonald's, Dr. Pepper, Columbia, Root Insurance, which is new-ish, but I mean, to, to have all of DoorDash, and they're, they're, I mean, their prim- actual primary sponsor is DoorDash for, for most of the year. That's just incredible. And Bubba Wallace, he, he is historically just not been able to really get sponsorship. Um, when he was in the Xfinity series at Roush Fenway Racing, he lost his ride halfway through the year there because of a lack of sponsorship. But because of that lack of sponsorship, he was able to substitute for Eric, an injured Eric Almarola for three, four races. And then that year, and when Eric Almarola went to Stuart House Racing, Bubba got the job at Richard Petty Motorsports. And his story has played out the way it has since then. It's it's been an odyssey, and as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be the the story stories of the year are Kyle Larson coming back and Bubba Wallace. But for me, Bubba Wallace is the the bigger one, and for NASCAR, it's the more important one. Yeah, I, I noticed that uh, even though he wasn't even in the race, the Bush Clash tonight, you know, they made sure to give him some airtime, you know, because he <laughs> yeah. had you know he had somebody as a uh, Ty Dillon, yeah, was driving his car. Yeah, so. Bubba Wallace wasn't eligible for the race because um, to get be eligible for the Bush Class, you have to have either won a pole, a stage, and I believe make the playoffs. So, and Bubba Wallace didn't do any of those things. <laughs> but Ty Dillon did. He, he won a, a stage out in the Charlotte, Charlotte Roval. So, and what'd you think of that, that the, paint, the paint scheme on that Ty Dillon number 23 car? I thought that was really, really solid. Very simple. Yeah, it, it was nice. I actually really like, like, of all the paint schemes, I really like the well. It used to be Jimmy Johnson's car, but the Ally car, mm-hmm. that purple, that purple looks really good at night. No, I, um, yeah, you're right. Um, I actually no that that paint scheme, paint uh, paint scheme definitely looks better than the previous, um, which was very dark. Um, this one looks very much more 21st century, maybe a little kind of 80s ish, but no, that I think it definitely looks good. The the William Byron Exalta scheme, I am not a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's. It's pretty bad. Um, like I, I, I appreciate them trying to go back to the traditional uh, Dupont rainbow colors, but the, the the black portion of it on the back just clashes with it so bad. Um, I don't know why you'd want black in, in that kind of scheme. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was amused that um, my fr- my friends, that's a big NASCAR fan, is a designer, and so he's been sending me lots of pictures of all the cars as they the paint seems get revealed. Mm-hmm. And he sent me that one, and like 
10 minutes after it was announced, he sent me someone who had like oh, no. a re- rehash <laughs> of it. That was amazing. Oh, no. I was like, I've never seen so many fan renderings of a brand new paint scheme come out in such a short amount of period of time like I have that one. And they were pretty much all better. Um, like there was one that just had replaced black with like blue and it's like that's better as someone who formerly worked as a designer there, there's there's nothing quite as powerful as a furious designer <laughs> <laughs> that's good i'm gonna write that down <laughs> so yeah i'm looking forward to the season i, I think that it, it's weird and that there's definitely a lot of things that are different but from talking to you and stuff i feel like things are going back to more along the lines of what I remember, you know, when I was really into it, like early two thousands, like I feel like NASCAR really got lost in trying to do like, like storylines and like not focusing on the racing. And now they're, it's what, what I've watched, especially the race tonight. Like I actually, the race was, you know, at the forefront of it, you know, more well, so than no, I remember. Well, Oh, this is gonna. This is just one race. There's gonna be races yeah. this year where it's like <clears throat> nothing happened there. Move along. Nothing to see, <laughs> nothing to see here. Um, like, and I kind of get your point with that because, um, kind of like in the mid two thousands, early twenty tens, it's like there wasn't Dale Junior wasn't doing really good. Jimmy Johnson was winning five straight championships, and it's like there wasn't like I I tuned out from the sport from like twenty two two thousand um. Eight till twenty eleven, um, mostly because I was you know very busy with high school and college, um, so I didn't have time on Sundays to you know really sit down and watch a race. But yeah, but no, no, there's definitely stuff to talk about with the races these days. I mean, not, not everyone's gonna be a home run, but that I like. I really like the introduction of stages. It gives you something to watch in the middle of the race. I wish they had done that years ago. But yeah, it's. It's. I think it's finally like settling into a really nice uh, groove right now. There's a lot of good positive stuff going on for NASCAR. Bubba Wallace, Michael Jordan, Pitbull, uh, all and uh, Chase Elliott, the most popular driver, won a cha- won a championship. Got a lot of sponsors coming in. It kind of feels like like I, I'm I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit in some areas. Like okay, when's the bad thing gonna happen? So yeah, lo- lots of good stuff going on right now. Um. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. All right, that's it for us tonight uh, on this episode of Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. I'm Daniel McFadden. This has also been Crow. Say bye, Crow. Yes, goodbye. <laughs> so uh, tune in again. Uh, well, well, we'll be dropping other podcast episodes hopefully this week, correct? Yeah, we've got a bunch of interviews that um, we're going to put out between now and Sunday, um, along with this this episode we're recording. Okay. And uh, then from there, um, we'll see. I'll see if I can keep grabbing Daniel after the races and uh, distracting him from from watching press conferences, especially for a race like that. So. Oh yeah. But no, it was you know that was that was a great race, and I'm hoping there's more like it. So. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm Daniel Fadden. This has been Dropping the Hammer with Daniel Fadden, and we'll be talking to you again soon.